0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Justin Morissette and this is your Locked On Canucks ...for the afternoon of Tuesday, March the 10th. Yes, it is Mario Day! Okie dokie! let us go uh, Now that I've got that out of my system, it is the day that the Canucks are set to take on the New York Islanders... ...as uh, Vancouver wraps up this four-game homestand at Rogers Arena. A homestand that, as I mentioned yesterday, has really not gone well for them at all. This was an opportunity to uh, make some hay while the sun was shining team that has played very well at home over the course of the season largely for the most part they have uh fared much better at home than they have on the road, I think. I I, I haven't checked the numbers on their splits lately to uh, see if that still bears out. But for a time, anyways, they were a dominant home team earlier this season. Uh, it hasn't been that way over the course of this homestand, obviously uh, falling to the Arizona Coyotes last week, uh, picking up an unexpected victory on Friday over the uh, Colorado Avalanche and then dropping a, a game that they very much should have won, should have ran away with. Uh, over a road-weary Columbus Blue Jackets side that uh, just stifled them, gave them absolutely nothing uh, essentially throughout that game. Um, Now... Should Vancouver win this one over the New York Islanders? In my head, the way I've built the Islanders up after their massive run earlier in the season, it seems unlikely to me, which makes it seem likely that they actually will win because they always seem uh, to lose to the teams they should beat and beat the teams that they should lose to. Not as a rule necessarily but uh, it certainly feels that way as we check in on the new york islanders however at this stage of the season they are not necessarily the world beaters that i had made them out to be in my head we are talking about a team that is two five and three in their last 10 and have uh, certainly fallen off from where they were just seemingly running away with things as one of the top teams in the nhl earlier in the season they are sixth in the metropolitan division but uh, Tied with the Carolina Hurricanes, and Carolina, of course, a strong team. 79 points, good for uh, tied for fifth in their division. Where would that place them in the Pacific? Tied for third with the Calgary Flames. As we come into the day, the Vancouver Canucks no longer in a playoff spot. They are fourth in the Pacific and have been vaulted in the wild card uh, by the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets, who both have uh, points uh, more than Vancouver does. Vancouver has some games in hand, but that hasn't meant anything over the last little while as this team hasn't been able to make sure uh, that uh, a game in hand is worth... uh, two in the bush, where in this scenario, the bush is uh, the overall conference standings. They have not converted on their games at hand, uh, save for Friday's victory, over the, uh, of course, Colorado Avalanche, a game that I did not talk about on this show yesterday and didn't put out any podcasts over the weekend, so I haven't really broken down. But that was a fun one, man. Two thousands night was super fun uh, and and well chosen as far as an opponent for the game uh, that day as well. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, who so typify uh, the number one rival of those West Coast Express teams from back in the day, It was a treat to see uh, Brad May and Brendan Morrison and of course uh, my friend Alex Ald as well take the ice before that one. A wild experience for those gentlemen, I'm sure. Probably the last. Time uh, that they might, you know, have center stage in a arena full of adoring sports fans like that ever again in their lives would have been nice to see some other faces uh, from the. Uh, early 2000s as well, maybe uh, a a Brent Sopel or even even a Jeff Cowan, someone whose legend uh, spread is it's an improbable uh, success story down the lineup. But I do understand that we just had, of course, Sedine Week not that long ago, and so much of the celebration of the Sadines was wrapped into that core that took hold in the late 2000s, of course, that uh, plateaued with the 2011 run. So uh, mixing it up, bringing some different faces back from earlier in the decade, probably a good call overall. But I had a great time uh, watching that game, covering that game, and and just uh, feeling the 2000s vibe on the soundtrack that night. You know, I give her a lot of grief and sometimes justifiably so, but DJ Baroness uh, did a fantastic job uh, just putting together the greatest throwback playlist of pretty much every notable act from the 2000s that you could possibly think of. Uh, I got a lot of messages from people who were at the game that night about the playlist itself. People were really digging on that. So uh, if I'm going to rip her when I feel like she does a bad job, I have to also turn around and tip the cap when she does something well, I should mention, should have mentioned off the hop, going to be joined later on in this episode uh, by Georgia Twiss to talk about uh, the Canuck tweet up for International Women's Day that she held at the Pint uh, on Sunday night during Sunday's action. So, uh, Georgia joining me before too long here, but in the meantime, did want to slide some analysis in on uh, how the weekend's games went. Uh, Look, is that a uh, a Colorado side that is so banged up right now, and was coming in? On a lengthy road trip, that the Canucks should have won that game, no matter what. Yes, uh, were they dragged into the fight by their third line as Zach McEwen and uh, Antoine Roussel and uh, Adam Gaudet played? You know, one of the best games of their entire season collectively, absolutely. And Antoine Roussel in particular needed to have a game like that. His legs have not been working for him lately. It's something that I've addressed on this show with uh, you know a number of guests over the last several weeks. I'm pretty sure. Chris Faber and I got into this on Faber's last appearance. Definitely feel like I talked about it with David Quadrelli last time quads was on as well. Uh, this is a guy who did not, you know, get to attend training camp, whose uh, injuries kept him out of camp. And and uh, he, he did come back earlier than expected, especially joining practice earlier than expected. Um to try and get his legs going again, but he does not have that proper off-season full training camp conditioning that you would expect from a guy coming into the year, and and as a result, yeah, he's hit the wall in a big way. You know, the speed has not been there. That has been uh, a a strength in his game has not necessarily been there so far this year. It's been a difficult one for him. But if he can catch lightning with a bottle, you know. It, or in a bottle, even uh, with uh, the the young gentleman that he is playing with right now, and Adam Goddet uh, and uh, Zach McEwen, that can only be a good thing for this team. And look, I gotta uh, never mind uh, the the DJ on the evening. I gotta tip my cap to Zach McEwen as well because that's not a guy that I have really had a ton of belief in here over the last couple seasons. Uh, seems like a, a competent, uh, you know, very serviceable depth player that you can slot in uh, in your bottom six in injury relief, you know, uh, a a Jason Jaffrey type perhaps going back to uh, those 2000s teams. Uh, But not necessarily an everyday NHL player. I certainly didn't think that he had the foot speed in particular to be able to hack it at this level. You know, I, I got to eat some crow on that. He has clearly put in a ton of work on his skating. He, he scores on a partial breakaway. Uh, you know, d- did not have the, the, uh, the full runway necessarily to uh, make whatever move he wanted to make, but he still picked his corner and, and scored a beautiful goal. Had two fantastic goals, really, on Friday night. Uh, is it a great sign, though, that uh, taking on a banged-up Colorado side like the Canucks did on Friday, that they had to be dragged into the fight by an AHL call-up trying to assert himself on the third line? No, not necessarily. Uh, this is a team that still needs more from their depth scoring lines, and yes, obviously the Adam Gaudette line is counted on to add some depth scoring, but uh, look, I have gone to town and and really stumped for that second line unit uh, of Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson and whoever their third man has been over the course of the season. I personally liked it best when it was Josh Levo as the third guy on that unit, but I got to admit, Louis Erickson has filled in serviceably as well. Uh, Their scoring has dried up, and that's to be expected from Louis Erickson, but we do expect better uh, from Bo Horvat and from Pearson as well. Look, I've defended Pearson up and down all season long, saying he is giving you first line, uh, you know, fringe first line production uh, on a 60 point pace. I, I haven't checked what his pace is lately, but I would imagine it's still roughly close to that. He's cooled down a little bit, but still going to finish the year somewhere between. 50 and 63 points, I would figure. That's fantastic. But at a time when the Canucks need more dynamism in their lineup right now, uh, they are relying too heavily on that top line. We need more from those guys, and we are not seeing it. Now help! Could be on the way. I mentioned, of course, that Antoine Roussel came back a little earlier than expected to practices to get his legs going earlier in the year, back uh, in late November, early December. Uh, doing that right now is Brock Besser. Yes, the man that was thought to be out for the season when his injury diagnosis was first assessed. Could be back in the lineup as soon as tonight against the New York Islanders. Uh, Travis Green was unwilling to put a timeline on it in his media availability on Sunday night. Just said, not sure, not sure. Uh, did not want to uh, you know, set a timeline that uh, Brock is not able to keep. But a promising sign, nevertheless, that Besser is is on the mend and is set to return to this lineup perhaps sooner than uh, any of us expected. Now, is he going to be coming back at 100% or is he looking at this team struggle without him and, and free fall in the standings and is rushing back to help out in whatever way he can at a you 65-70% know, capacity? I have no idea what the answer to that question is. I have a suspicion of what the answer to that question is, just given on how far ahead he is of the injury timeline. And what I'm really nervous about right now is that the same people who have tried to run this guy out of town this year, who have looked at the success uh, of a J.T. Miller, who have looked at the success uh, you know, in a, in a much different way, in a much smaller capacity, uh, of a Jake Vertanen and said, well, what do we need Brock Besser for? I am very worried that Brock is going to come back, uh, still banged up, still not at a hundred percent, and perhaps uh, perform suboptimally in his return. And all those people will just pounce on that like it's all the proof they needed to 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 tell us up and down that they were right all along. And I tell you what, this this Brock Besser guy is terrible. You're gonna ship this bum out of here. Bah. Uh, I don't want to hear any of that when he comes back. And you probably never want to hear that impression again right here on this podcast. My apologies. But uh, as the news that Brock's return is approaching uh, you know, breaks, I, I'm of two minds about it. I have to say, yes, I do want him back in this lineup so that Louis Erickson is not in the top six. And this team finally has a top six that... Up and down is made up of legit top six scorers, even if some of you out there are still unwilling to admit that's what Tanner Pearson is. A top six uh, that has a Tafoli, that has a Besser, that has a JT Miller, that has uh, a Pearson, uh, playing wings with Pedersen and Horvat, that is a legitimate. Top six where every single one of those guys can be counted on for relatively consistent scoring, hopefully Pearson and Horvat a little bit more than what they've given. I want to see that lineup before the year is done. I want to see that lineup while these games still have importance to them. Maybe we'll get to see it as soon as tonight. We will find out. Uh, but, of course, I'll be back tomorrow to break it all down for you. Before we get to tonight's action, however, want to rewind a bit and go back to the weekend uh, where uh, my friend Georgia Twist was organizing a uh, meetup for the ladies of Canuck's Twitter on International Women's Day, and she joins me now to talk about it. Before we get to Georgia, however, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Canucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Canucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Canucks fans in a predominantly male audience that is well- educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 that's 33777 or visit locked on Podcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you look forward to hearing from Georgia Twiss. Returning to the show now to talk about uh, her evening on Sunday, this past Sunday, watching the Blue Jackets game on International Women's Day. Returning favorite to the show, Georgia Twiss. Uh, Georgia, welcome back to Locked On Canucks.
1: Hi, Justin.
0: Hello. Glad to have you with me once again. Uh, Glad to
1: be on
0: Georgia, I told you that uh, you could come on the show last week and promote the event before <laughs> it happened. Uh, we didn't wind up making that happen. I didn't have any shows that you could guest on, unfortunately. Uh, but you're back now to talk about something that happened uh, after the fact. You organized a, a, uh, a tweet-up of sorts this past weekend uh, during the Columbus game. And, Georgia, I have to tell you that uh, just the 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 word tweet-up usually jogs my gag reflex. Uh, it sounds like a horrible thing, honestly, even though I know <laughs> so many lovely people from Twitter and have honestly made so many like lasting friendships via that website just the idea of uh, attending a tweet up sends a chill down my spine <laughs> but you both organized and attended one this past week and it was a special one as well a gathering of the ladies of canucks twitter a uh, you know women's fandom meetup for international women's day at the pint this past sunday uh I'm, before i ask you how it went uh why did you uh, decide to to do this what what inspired you to, to put this whole thing together. Um.
1: Uh, so. Oh, I can't remember who they were playing, but it was like the previous Sunday, and I was watching. That the would game, have been the
0: then, Blue Jackets again.
1: Oh, it was the Blue Jackets again. There we go. And I was. Uh, I was watching, and I thought, oh, I wonder what's happening on International Women's Day because I kept seeing stuff about how women were calling hockey games and whatever. So I looked at the schedule, and I realized they were playing, and I just got this idea of, hey, it would be kind of fun to have a meetup for the women of Canucks Twitter, all the ladies, get them out, meet them, interact with them, people that I only know by their handles, <laughs> Twitter handles. Um, and it would just be a nice, safe space to kind of hang out and talk about hockey and make fun of Canucks players and criticize the team or celebrate the team, whatever. <laughs> and it just happened that they were playing on that day, and it and it worked out.
0: Uh, I mean, I had this conversation or, or tried to get it to this kind of topic yesterday uh, with Danny Huntley on the show, but uh, the the online experience as a uh, hockey fan, as a woman, uh, probably significantly different than what I experienced as a man, I would imagine.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, there's some interesting things, I, I've been reading a lot of material, like, studies on female fandom and uh there's been some really interesting ones. I mean, particularly the fact that women obviously face higher levels of gatekeeping in terms of um you get the you see the kind of common like, oh you're a Canucks fan, name seven players that played in nineteen eighty four or whatever Which and you're like
0: I can't do for Yeah, like for no record.
1: one can do. Yeah. Um Or you get the people, like, that's predominantly that, or you get people who just hit on you, and you're like, okay. (laughs) That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to talk about hockey. Um, But I've also read a lot about how, and this what kind of tied into my desire of doing this event, was I read a lot about how women who get uh, entry into the fandom can then often perpetuate the misogyny and the gatekeeping that they also experienced to other female fans. And I think sometimes you can see it on Twitter a little bit where um, women, once they're like accepted into the group, will kind of, yeah, just enforce the same boundaries. And I've certainly kind of experienced that myself um, and have probably done that myself. And so for me, it was like doing this event was kind of a method of saying, of pushing back against that and saying, you know, Anyone can come. You can be a hockey fan who's watched every single game this season. You can have watched a single period just, like, come out and let's kind of break down those barriers that are constructed around us, but also that we help to construct.
0: It's probably, uh, you know, gratifying also just to uh, spend time in the company of other women who enjoy the same thing as you, you know, Uh, not, not that you don't have, you know, girlfriends or whatever who are into hockey. I'm sure you do, but uh, you know, especially when you enter into an online forum, like uh, Canucks Twitter, it often feels like it's, you know, 95%, men, a lot of whom are not particularly friendly. Uh, so just the, the act of, you know, doing what you would do at home, which is just watch the game, but doing it with, you know, however many people came in and showed up is, is probably a a very, uh, reinforcing experience to know that there is a a wider community out there than you might be uh, familiar with up front. Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's really true. And like, I don't, my, most of my friends, they follow me on twitter and they're like we see you tweeting things and we just like them because we're friends with you but we don't know what you're saying i had a friend who was like i tried to google what shotgun jake meant and i didn't understand <laughs> it's okay just support <laughs> but there was one of the people who attended was sitting next to me and she said like none of my friends like ho- like none of my friends like hockey they don't understand and i'm like i think that that's the kind of situation a lot of us find ourselves in is like we really like this sport but not everyone around us likes it. And maybe your friends are basketball fans or, like, baseball fans or whatever. I don't know,
0: I, as a, I'm a pro wrestling fan, so I find this deeply yeah. relatable. So, yeah, yeah. I, I completely understand.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so that was re- that was really cool. And it was just, yeah, it was, it's fun sometimes to just sit around and, and talk about, you know, you can make kind of, you can make these jokes, <laughs> it like deep cut jokes, and everyone around you understands, you know. So that's kind of fun in terms of like deep cut um, like, like Canucks Twitter joke. Rip,
0: ripping on old players or old things yeah. that happened uh, on Canucks yeah. Twitter several years ago or whatever. Yeah. No, that sounds yeah. fantastic. That a yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was th- a really cool thing. this past Sunday, uh, how did it go in the end? You know, uh, what kind of turnout did you get? Was it was it a roaring success? Will there be another uh, women's tweet up for Canucks Twitter coming up in the future?
1: I mean, hopefully. Um, I think it's kind of an event or a kind of group meeting that slowly builds, um, catches on steam, and it also depends on, there was a lot of women who wanted to come, and they were going to the game, or they just happened to be working. I mean, I, I gave them a week's notice, and so... I'm well aware that my reach wasn't probably as big as it could have been. Yeah, it's because you didn't
0: who, you didn't come on this show on Friday. Like <laughs> I told you you could.
1: Well, Drance retweeted me, so <laughs> that he doesn't far. even retweet his appearances
0: on this podcast.
1: <laughs> that's that's as far as my reach kind of went. But um, yeah, so I think ne- like the next time we do it, obviously a longer runway of trying to get people to come, and then I think also this one was pretty limited to being on international women's day, but I mm-hmm. think the next time I maybe say, what are some games that people are interested in watching together or are able to watch together? Um, maybe an away game might be a better idea. So people can actually come.
0: Well, Sunday and, night is a, is a tough ask even, even yeah. for the Canucks themselves, you know, I'm sure they're not thrilled about playing a home game <laughs> at 7 p.m. on a Sunday.
1: Yeah. I don't imagine, but no, we had a really, we had a good turnout. I was, I was really happy, and um, people of all different backgrounds and kind of um, age groups, and that was really interesting to kind of... You just realize, you know, it's, it's not a monolithic group. There's a lot of variety that's in there in terms of a female fandom, which... I mean, the NHL clearly doesn't understand when they when they try and sell us wedge high heels with the Philadelphia Flyers logo on them.
0: Yeah, you don't want a you don't want a <laughs> pink Canucks jersey, pink and oh, white, those classic team no. colors. Are you sure?
1: No, no. I would. That I could, I could potentially burn one of those. <laughs> That'd
0: be a great video. I would love to watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, that it happened. I'm glad that you uh, had a nice time and I'm sure actually the fact that the game was you know basically a dog just added yeah. itself to the you know social element of of the evening that you weren't uh, you know completely enraptured by this uh, game you couldn't take your eyes off of. I'm sure you <laughs> had a, a nice time getting to know all these ladies.
1: Uh, yeah, it helped. We could chat a lot in between the zero shots going on. <laughs> Um, we all got really excited. Obviously, the PD goal was um, a nice moment of jubilation, or jubilation, I don't know why I pronounce that strangely, um, for us all to kind of celebrate behind. And then we all had a conversation about Tyler Myers and how fun he is to watch as a player on the Vancouver Canucks.
0: Wow, a positive conversation around <laughs> Tyler Myers. Might be the first one anyone has had in this city all year long. Ah, uh. uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, Georgia, uh, thanks for coming on and chatting with me about this, and uh, next time you, you do it, uh, I will be sure to get you on in advance instead of after the fact. I I know that my listenership is probably mostly weird dudes anyways, uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe there's a, a, a woman out there who would have loved to attend, so uh, my apologies that I couldn't make this happen last week.
1: Oh, it's okay. It's understandable. I completely forgot too until... I looked yesterday and I was like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One more thing, though, before I let you go, because I saw the group photo that you posted of everyone who came out. And the gentleman at the table next to you. Yeah. Just so happens to be one of my coworkers who I work yeah. with uh, on a weekly basis here at SportsNet 650, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Giants, Dan O'Connor, was seated right next to you.
1: I know, it's truly wild. Uh, did- Cuz we were we were in the downstairs of the pint, and it basically emptied out when people went to the game. And they were sitting right next to us and it was basically our table and theirs and maybe like three or four other people. And so it was just total coincidence that he happened to be there and also made it into the photo, which is very funny.
0: So I was gonna say I know that you got some weird replies on Twitter, but I was hoping <laughs> that no, uh, you know, weirdo dudes actually showed up at the event. Uh, but I guess Dan O'Connor was there. Yeah, uh,
1: he was there, but no <laughs> other, no other kind of lurkers. <laughs> I like to think that they just. They get on Twitter, and they write whatever they want, but,
0: but in real life, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, no courage. No, I mean, whatsoever. they'd end up with
1: about 10 angry women <laughs> coming after them, so...
0: Did Dan, Did you have any interaction with Dano over the course of the night, or was he just in that photo? <laughs> he was just in that photo. Oh, that's too bad. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's a great guy, by the way. I didn't mean yeah. to imply that he's a complete weirdo there.
1: <laughs> no, I should I,
0: I mean, totally I did mean like, to imply that denied. as a joke, but uh, <laughs> it's not accurate.
1: I told him he should have come and said hi. Like it
0: would have been funny, but wonderful man, wonderful man. Uh, (laughs) Georgia, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. My pleasure. Honestly, what a delight. Always a treat chatting Uh, with the lovely Georgia Twist, Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, A little late, obviously. Uh, Did not get that out in time to pump up her International Women's Day Canucks meetup. But sounds like those ladies are going to get back at it and do it again. And I will be sure to let you know, listeners, uh, when that is happening. Because, like I said, while I'm sure my listenership is predominantly male, uh, in fact, I know that it is, there are some women out there, and I'm sure you would have enjoyed being at uh, Georgia's event on Sunday if you were not already aware of it, uh, that'll do it for our show today. I'll be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, uh, with a show I'll be recording right after the game tonight to break it all down. And hopefully, it's good news. Fingers crossed. You know, this is a team, as I mentioned in the opener, that is stumbling right now. No, not the Canucks. They are stumbling right now as well. But the Islanders in a rematch of of the 1982 Stanley Cup Final might be just what the doctor ordered right now. At least that's what I'm telling myself as I try to at least have some sort of positive outlook as we head down the stretch and the Canucks continue to uh, collapse as they do uh, at this time of year, seemingly every year for the last several years. There is a culture problem perhaps in this group right now. Is that Travis Green's fault? Some people want to say yes. I will uh, abstain from commenting on that front. Because I want to believe in Travis Green. He's a nice guy. I think he really... He really gets it, and uh, I have nothing but respect for him uh, as a as a human being. So I will not call for his firing, even if I uh, may have called for some firings with Danny Huntley on yesterday's show, which, if you missed it, came out late last night. Strongly recommend you go back and catch that one as well. A great conversation with Danielle Huntley, who is uh, fresh off of her Watchford project uh, day at the arena this past Sunday. Uh, that'll do it for me today, however. Uh, if you want to help the show in a way, uh, any way you can, I would suggest heading on over to the uh, the app that you got this podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Leave me a rating and a review. It always helps the show. Uh, it's the least you can do, and I am begging and pleading with you to do that, to give us a little boost in the the algorithms, so on, etc., over there with the good folks Uh, At uh, Apple Podcasts. Plus, it's nice free therapy for me to read the nice things that you have to say about me in your review, assuming, and it is a large assumption, that they are indeed nice things to say. (laughs) So uh, if you want to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. If not, like I said, I'll be back tomorrow to break down tonight's game. Until then, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.